At 4ZZZ we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging of the Turbul and Jagera people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded. And we stand in solidarity with them. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. Amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Hello, hello, good morning, Mianjin. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns. And, uh, yeah, it's all about amplifying the voices of the trans community of Brisbane and beyond. And, um, filling you in on events, news, we have discussions. We've got a discussion lined up today. The dear, wonderful, incredible Marissa, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, it's a nice gloomy day too. It's like kind of moody. Yeah. I like them. I yeah, like I it like it. that. Mm, mm. The, although the UV is very high, so please remember, just because it's overcast doesn't mean you can't get burnt. So yeah, Queensland has the highest skin cancer rates in the world. Slip, slop, slap, damn it. Leave your hat on. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh. leave your hat on. Definitely. Uh, yeah, anyway. Other than a health health conscious update and uh, community announcement there. Some other community events that are going on around town. I actually only have one that I'm going to mention today. And it starts up in the new year. Uh, Lord Sev Severus. Sev, also co-host of Transmission. Uh, starting in January, every Sunday afternoon, RPGs for the LGBTs at the Wickham. No experience necessary and all levels of experience welcome. Offering a selection of RPGs from Dungeons and Dun- Dragons and Vampire, The Masquerade, to indie games including Thirsty Sword Lesbians and Chuck Tingle's Tingleverse. There'll also be spaces for Magic and Gathering, uh, other board games, and a table for miniature painting. Plenty of space for you to do your own thing. Uh, You can even bring your own established game group in and set up your own table just to bask in the beauty and adventuring prowess of your queer peers and indulge in the Quest Tavern's fantasy-themed food offerings. It's a completely free event. It's going to be every Sunday from the 7th of January onwards at 2pm. So it's pretty great time slot, I think, Sunday afternoon for some RPGs. Um, Very casual and totally free. Great way to meet people and stay connected to the community, the queer community. All you queer nerds, myself included, it's great. Uh, Yeah, go go do some role-playing stuff. Have some fun. Um, So yeah, that's starting up in the new year. Also, just a little community notice. If you are a a queer person or a trans person um, that's creating an event or putting on something out in town, I implore you to let me know. Tell me about it. I would like to let the community know that listens to 4ZZZ as well as Transmission about your event. But also, if you are not a trans person or within the trans community and you're putting on an event that is somehow centering and or maybe adjacent catering to the trans community and trying to be all-inclusive, please remember the language that you use. And if you are confused about how you address or how you let the community know, the trans community know that you are a safe venue, you need to tell us how you're making it safe because you are not a trans person yourself so how are you doing that where are you getting your information from and also you know have trans people involved with the actual running of the event on the day uh so that way we can see that it is safe because there are community members there there's some event going around at the moment that i'm still looking into that has 
some really questionable language, which is making me a bit concerned about the safety for our community at this particular event. So my concern is that the language is really confusing. And when asked about clarification on this particular thing, my messages were just deleted and no response, which is a huge alarm bell for me. So I'm going to do a bit more research into that and I'll get back to you on this event. But yeah, look out for one another. And if you're ever confused about whether an event is safe, directly ask that event organizer or that venue, hey, what the heck is this about? Am I safe to attend? Because we do actually have to think about that every time. Um, If you're an ally or a cis person listening, trans people are constantly thinking about, am I going to be safe when I walk out the front door? So if you're hosting an event, please, please consider the safety of the trans people that are in that space. Yeah, just uh, thought I would let you know. Anyway, moving on, uh, Marissa and I, we're going to have a really interesting chat about how we can, yeah, look after the community further, really, basically. Yeah, so stay tuned. You're listening to 4 Triple... Transmission on 4 Triple Z. My name is Ez, and I use he, him pronouns. Yep, my name is Marisa, and I use they, them pronouns. (laughs) I just, like, did the double finger gun, like, and you go. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And you're like, ah! (laughs) I got the signal. (laughs) All right, you're listening to Transmission, all about amplifying the voices of the trans community and beyond. And today, Marisa and I hanging out in the studio, and we're going to be talking about internal conflicts and resolutions. How to, you know, overcome sometimes really challenging community situations or yeah. like organization situations where there's maybe a public call out and we'll use we'll use the framework of public call out to sort of use as an example as we navigate how we resolve conflict and move and grow and reform and transform together yeah <laughs> yeah i suppose like community conflicts and you know oppressive behaviors of many kinds are just they're part of every community doesn't mm-hmm. matter what community you're a part of but yeah, like I think we could probably do a bit better as a community in general <laughs> with with our responses to the inevitable problems that come with being in community and especially having all different kinds of people with all different life experiences. And abilities and capacities yeah. as well. I think yeah. it's also probably really tricky in communities like the trans community who are naturally, I think, very defensive because we've, we are uh, under attack, right? So mm-hmm. we're sort of very rigid and, and we can be on attack and on defense, just as a default standby mode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All your survival mechanisms can really like play themselves out when a conflict happens or a discord of some kind. And yeah, I mean, it's totally to be expected, nothing to be ashamed of at all. But I think sometimes, you know, when we're in like survival mode, some of our higher order thinking is a bit switched off. You know, we can mm. make decisions that aren't safe for ourselves or other people. You know, it could, it's just a very reactive state, basically. So I'm interested in what the community conditions would look like that support you as someone who's had something, yeah, awful or triggering happen to you. And then also, like, support the conditions for accountability for the person who's caused this to happen yeah. as well. And instead instead of resulting in, like, this whole cancel culture, which is what happens. Like, oh, you did a bad thing? Oh, well, goodbye. That's it. You're no longer relevant. No chance to reform. No chance to grow. No chance to apologize necessarily, you Mm, know. To Um, repair. Yeah. And heal heal the damage done. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going (laughs) to get into it. We've opened up a big can of worms already. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, you know, these are conversations that aren't really had within the trans community that often. Maybe not. Definitely not on the radio. So, Mm. this Mm -hmm. this is exciting. So, let's talk about a public call out as an example of maybe like a form of... A, a conflict. Yeah. A breakdown. 
yeah, of communication. No, so I think normally it's like some, something's happened, like, you know, maybe an organiser and community has done something that's oppressive or said something or organised something badly or unsafely, you know, and, you know, I'd also like to say that often I think the public call-out happens because we don't see that there are other options available just because, like, we don't have a culture of utilising those other options. Mm. So we might not even, like, know and we also might not have a sort of accountability-oriented culture around us to support us when something happens to us. So part of the work is, like, building that culture so that maybe the call-out is, like, potentially just used more strategically or doesn't happen at all. But it, it's sort of done mindfully. Do you think that, like... So with a public call-out, obviously it's public, right? And that can come with, like, can feel a bit like an attack, especially for an organisation. Whether they've done something not great or, or not is irrelevant. A public call-out is still mm. an att- feel would feel like an attack. Yeah. it's. I would say it's, like, it's a use of power. So, like, when something's happened to you that's really, really bad, uncomfortable, triggering, you often... You, you feel very powerless, and that's, like, totally normal. But in feeling powerless, you're often still using power. So you might be telling other people, you might be shrinking and looking after yourself, like protecting yourself. You might be doing a public call out, which is a big exercise of power. And I would say that like, you know, power is not a dirty word. It's really good. And like sometimes harm needs to be intervened in, in like very powerful ways. But yeah, just like knowing that we're using it is really important. I think it's really important for being ethically mindful and and so if we if we don't even perceive that we're doing it that's already like a a bit of a space where that thoughtfulness isn't isn't there yeah and i guess like when when something happens maybe you've gone to an event or something and for example i'll use i'll use one of my my experiences as an example actually Mm -hmm. i went to a gig this was had nothing to do with the venue absolutely nothing to do with the band or anything like that i i was there a lesbian person who used to know me from before I transitioned saw me at this venue and decided to confront me and call me a traitor and go off in my face and tell me that I didn't deserve to be in this space and that and and like went right at me right I actually had no idea who this person (laughs) was I couldn't remember them I'm not entirely sure who they were or maybe they didn't know who really I was I don't know irrelevant that wasn't really the point I ended up feeling absolutely awful and I removed myself from that space for a period of time Mm. and so I and I felt targeted I felt like I'd done something wrong and simultaneously I felt completely exiled from a community that was mine for like a decade so there was like a lot of feelings going on there and I guess like the conflict was that I felt like in that moment that I was being that I was wrong and that I didn't deserve the space that I had once previously been in and mm. that I had betrayed that space, which was really yeah. awful. Yeah. It was really awful at the time. I'm well and truly fine now. I know that <laughs> I'm, I, I know who I am and, I, and I'm sure that that person had their, their reasons in their mind for what justified that behavior. doesn't yeah. make it okay. doesn't make it good. And I don't think that, that any of what they were saying to me makes any logical sense but mm-hmm. oh yeah but know. we're not we're not logical beings but no. we're not yeah. we're emotional beings i work as um a therapist and we talk about people's protective responses all the time like often when someone's acting out in a way like that it's actually a self-protective thing even though it's being like projected over there mm, it, mm. It's, it's to protect them from their own pain often and that's a generous reading that I like to keep in mind when these things happen. Mm. Yeah. Is that it's, yeah, well, I, you know, people who lash out have something going on is always, always what I believe, you know, mm. not, not necessarily 
Also, the other thing that we need to remember, especially when it comes to conflict and internal conflicts and how we resolve them, is that actions are not always reflections of that person in of themselves. Yeah. Behavior doesn't always correlate to how that person is inside all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're very we're all complex and we're all capable of really awful things to each other. Yeah, awful things and also of changing. So this this thing that happens often like oh, they're now a transphobe, a racist, you know, we kind of like <laughs> label someone as they're this that thing. Now. Yeah. But when we think of that person as just inherently being that, it's like where's that where's that person's capacity for change? Like we can't see it as much. And then often, you know, they we create a binary around it, you know, it's like, oh, they're the oppressive one, I'm the not I'm the oppressed. They're the oppressor, I'm the oppressed. And, you know, often from that like place of, you know, maybe you're thinking about it a bit moralistically, you can justify like all sorts of uses of power towards them in return because you think, you know, I might be doing the right thing here, but people aren't inherently anything yeah like no people aren't inherently racist or transphobic or anything like that but um, it's a learned behavior it's a learned behavior mm. it, it's because we're all swimming in it and and that includes us too you yes. know like we're all we're all swimming in it and we all um we all internalize the system in different ways yeah mm. and it's saying like within within the trans community we have like very complex um uh you know as we say no trans person story is like another's. Mm. You know, everyone has mm -hmm. a different transitional experience and understanding of gender within themselves and what gender means to them. Gender might mean nothing to them. Gender might mean everything to them. And that can change also. And so the way that it expresses on each other, the way that we put it on each other sometimes, and the way we need to hold space for each other yeah. can also be really challenging. And there can be conflicts. Sometimes someone might say something and use a word or a, or a piece of language and, you know, like, one word for me, even a, even a gesture. Kai and I, w we were having a heated discussion the other day, and Kai rolled their eyes, mm. and I was like, "Oh, what the heck does that mean?" And I perceived the eye roll as like, a, "You know, you think that I'm being silly, or like mm. I felt patronized." And then Kai's like, "No, I'm rolling my eyes at like, oh, of course that's the thing, like rolling their eyes with." Oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. But I interpreted it totally differently. And I thought it was like some kind of attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we can we can misinterpret each other as well. And that's why being clear and asking for clarification with things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, earlier I was talking about there's an event in town that if you don't if you don't know if it's safe, ask. Yeah. You know, trans people, are, you know, we're we're pretty cluey at knowing when you're lying. If about <laughs> a safe space, we know stuff. So, you know, the language that people use and how we work with each other. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You know, and I think also it doesn't have to all be on you. If something's happened to you, I mean, often when we're in like survival mode, one of the narratives that accompanies it is I have to deal with this myself. Like I have to do something right now. And, you know, like my, my question for you is like, what would it look like if something happened to you at this event, like in your story, and there were people in, around you who could support you and your well-being and make sure that you felt still welcome in the space whilst also working with the person who had shouted at you and had that big reaction. Yeah. And so it wasn't all on you. Yeah. Well, immediately after that incident, after I was yelled at, I decided to remove myself from the venue. And I could have very easily gone to a security guard and asked the security guard to have this person removed. But that's another form of conflict, another whole heap of mm. people's navigating. And yeah. is it worth it? I was already hurt. You know, what's best for me right now is to leave. And even if that person had been the one that was removed and I stayed, my night was kind of already ruined. 
Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to like remove myself from this environment because I'll feel better. Mm. And that's a form of self-care and self-soothing after yeah. something. I would you know? say that's that's a use of power, you know? Like you were getting a need of yours met in the moment. And even though it wasn't, you know, ideally what you wanted to do, mm. you were still in some sense looking after yourself. Well, I was exercising yeah. the power to leave. Yeah, the power to leave. It's <laughs> a great power. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I don't have to. I can leave here. Quite funny how like mm. sometimes we don't even perceive that we have the power to leave even when we do have yeah. the power to leave. I have that. People I can also, feel very trapped often. People feel trapped by politeness as well. Mm. You know, like, oh, if I leave right now, that's going to be rude even though I don't want to be here. No, just just leave <laughs> there's no one making you stay in I'm spaces sending that message to myself right now <laughs> you can leave <laughs> whenever you, you want leave. you just stand up and walk out of the studio like Marissa, bye everyone bye. <laughs> <laughs> no come back we can we can restore this amplifying the voices of the trans and gender non-conforming community of Mianjin, brisbane and beyond transmission on 4ZZZ brings you the latest in trans community news music and events Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4ZZZ. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns. And my name's Marisa, I use they, them pronouns. And we're having a chat about internal conflicts and resolution within the community, which can be applied to all folk and communities, really. Yeah. Yeah. There's no communities without conflict. I think, like, <laughs> often, often the communities that, that ostensibly have no conflict are kind of culty, right? Yeah, actually. <laughs> There's something going on there. Hey, have you seen... You guys seem all really happy. Yeah, we're so happy. We're too happy. We're yeah. eye twitching. Their eyes happy. are a bit too wide, yeah, <laughs> when they're looking at you. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, so conflict is, is normal. It happens. We're all swimming in oppressive systems that we absorb and then enact... And no one's sort of, no one's outside of that. We're all we're all swimming in the swimming pool together. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to say. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah, and um, we were talking a bit about like we we're setting sort of the scene for internal conflicts and how conflicts work and how they can happen and all the nuances that that uh, come with behaviour, really. And you know, Marisa, tell me. Okay. <laughs> tell me. Tell me. It was like, you, well, no. well, you shared this example of, you know, something that happened to you in an event. Somebody shouted at you in an event and was quite transphobic about it. And my question to you was like, okay, what would a like a healthy community around you look like so that you don't have to deal with that all on your own? You don't have to feel like it's all on you to have a response to fight the oppression that just happened, but, but you can do it in a really supported way. And so I guess, yeah, I'm keen to like pull that out a little bit. Yeah, like, let's do it. Because I think... You know, this episode is a bit less addressed to the person who's just been harmed, but actually the people around. Like, I want to address this to all the other people mm. in the scenario. So, yeah, mutual friends, events organisers, yeah. community members. Um, I contacted like the headliner band afterwards <laughs> and I told them what happened and they made a post about how that behaviour is not on. Yeah. And I felt really validated in that great. moment. Uh, and that band was really great in saying, um, you know, we don't condone transphobia and everyone in the community is welcome to our music, which was really nice. Very important. I didn't speak to the venue, but I had other community folk and I told people, you know, I, medi mm -hmm. I immediately told people what was happening because that's a, like uh, we talked about before, telling people is a form of power. Being like, hey, look, yeah. this has happened. This is this is what's going on. Uh, be, be mindful of it for yourself, but also help me. 
Yeah. <laughs> Soothe <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Help me understand what's happened. Yes, um, yes. Co-regulate with me. Sorry to use the therapy term. <laughs> no, no, good. I don't... Glad you're in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a no. social worker on you. <laughs> um, but yes, yes. Um, but, people but who can help. help even the perpetrator of, of, you know, the things that she'd said and all of that, you know, I don't condemn the person. I condemn, I condemn the behavior. Mm. Right. And that person, in order for them to understand their behavior, needs to also have safety, friends, support network, maybe family or, or whatever to understand yeah. that, hey, you did a pretty crappy thing um, yeah. but you are not a crappy person yeah so you we know? were talking before about what what are the sort of community conditions needed for that person to change and and i would say one of the fundamental things needed is safety in your community relationships because as soon as there's a sense of i'm going to be exiled or people think i'm bad now people think i'm wrong now you know that all just like that turns on your lizard brain. It turns off your higher order thinking. You know, this is all backed up by neurology and like all this stuff. But when we're in survival mode, like I don't think genuine accountability can actually happen. And maybe best case scenario, they do a very apologetic post or something. But I don't know if that's really hit those deeper levels that it needs to and and supported actual change. It might, you know, ironically, that could be another trauma response to just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then, you know, yeah. maybe that's just their habitual response to conflict. And you know, there's just because they've ostensibly said the right thing in a post doesn't mean that you know that change has actually occurred. And and yeah, and maybe they're not feeling safe anymore either. So that's not an ideal yeah, scenario. Yeah, because they can feel like you know the attack can turn on them as well. Yeah, you know, like oh, I did this bad thing. Crap. N- now, now I could be the target. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, yeah, and often it's like you know this stuff is is often peer to peer. So we're not, you know, often it's like oh we've just like publicly shamed someone who's also just a mentally ill queer. You know, yeah. <laughs> like oh. like we haven't just like publicly shamed a, a millionaire or a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or yeah, a yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, a different kind of one percenter. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and we can feel like there's a huge power disparity. Like maybe they're a, an organizer in community. Maybe they do have like a lot of social capital within your community. But gen- generally, I'd say they're not rich and famous. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're, no. They're also in the capitalist underclass with us. <laughs> and it may not even be, you know, it could be someone that you regularly see in a community space, but you don't really know personally as well. Yeah. And maybe it's a, a community space can also be like online Facebook groups and, and community groups online. People can post things that can trigger you. And mm. that's why it's always good to write trigger warnings and, and stuff before before writing and blurting stuff out sometimes to give people the, the, the choice to tap in or out and how they can support you as someone who's also in that space. Yeah. So if you're one of the, if you're a friend of Ez in that event and Ez comes up to you and says, this horrible thing just happened to me, it's a good idea, I would say, to to look at what your natural and habitual response to conflict is. Mm. So like maybe it's to just be like, oh, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know, you know, or maybe it's to sort of fully take Ez's side, like, yeah, Ez, they're transphobic and stuff them. They can go, you know. Let me like, get my punk go, jacket on. You know? Yeah, yeah, maybe it's to do that. Or, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or um, 
yeah, you know, like, yeah, you could be avoiding, you could be taking sides, you could be, like, doing any number of mm. things. And, of course, you need to have your ethical stance. Like, I'm not saying don't have your ethical stance on what just happened, but, you know, a lot of us are really conflict-averse. I think Australian culture in general is really conflict-averse. Oh, yeah. So it can feel easier to just go, oh, I'm going to go find a person in a position of authority to sort this out for me, or I'm going to just do a public call-out on Facebook, or I'm going to do whatever, because... Conflict is really uncomfortable. It actually does for a lot of us, like, switch on survival brains. So, yeah, it's certainly not comfortable for me, but working on it has been very empowering, actually, because, you know, we can do difficult things and have difficult conversations and people can um, can still be in relationship with us even if we make mistakes. And it's one of the powerful things that somebody who's caused harm can learn is that, they can still do bad things and still be safe. Yeah. 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 And they can still, you know, we've, I don't know a single person. I've never met a single person that hasn't been like, oh, I did a stupid thing once. Yeah. Yeah. We've all done. I did a stupid thing once. And I, you know, I, every time I think about it, I, I wince, you know, and like, oh, why did I do that? But, you know, and, and that's a really good, if you're cringing at that experience (laughs) of the silly thing you did, that's good. You learnt from that mistake you understand what you did and the harm that you may have caused Mm. and that it's you can you can let it go you can let it go don't keep holding on to it in your body you know yeah breathe it out you can know like on a deep level i still have worth as a human being even if i did really you do absolutely um Mm. yeah and i would say from that place is where genuine accountability comes from actually Right. Yeah. Like if, if someone's just sinking into like, I'm bad, I'm shameful, or if they're reacting like, no, nope, I did nothing wrong, nothing, nothing happened, you know, extremely defensive. Neither of those places are kind of places where accountability can emerge. And, you know, we might not have a lot of control over that. We don't really have a lot of control over other people's reactions, but we can set the conditions to give them a better chance of having a reaction where, you know, where they can accountable for what happened and, and feel okay about it afterwards. Yeah. I'm usually yeah. I, I'm usually one of those people if someone comes to me, hey, as this just happened, I'll be like, okay. And I might like take a minute to process, look at the immediate environment, go, is everyone safe in this moment to continue having a conversation? Do we need to remove ourselves from this space? And I usually ask the person, what would you like to do right now? Mm. Because Yeah, what are your needs right in now? The mm. the person who's been hurt or victimized or whatever, they're the persons they need to come absolute paramount their their needs are the first and so normally you know for me maybe i'd be like all right that's it let me roll up my sleeves let's go sort someone out (laughs) (laughs) there's a nazi in the building let's get him you know or this is there's been an issue like there's been a there's been a breakup and it's been very public and embarrassing Mm. and it's in a venue or it's in a space all right what would make that person feel comfortable what what would you like to do right now Mm. i'd like to leave you know okay let's get out of here let's take a breath and just feel your feelings yeah and and you know um that it's yeah. not always the easiest thing to do either. It's not. I had to learn how to do that as an adult, just saying. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. Yeah. With professional help. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. This ding, ding, ding. Go get some help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do everything alone, you know? No, you don't have to. Yeah, and remember that there's lots of time. Like, when we're in survival brain, it can feel very urgent. When we're feeling victimized, it can feel extremely urgent because our, our feelings are literally set up to tell us something's gone wrong and you need to do and something. And you are unsafe. Right you, you are unsafe. Yeah. You need to get, you know, yeah. Bail. <laughs> you need to bail. Jump shit. Um, so remember that there's lots of time and actually, like, 
accountability takes time too. It to does. The other it does. It takes a lot of time. If you're expecting a, a public apology in three days, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> a statement just comes out from a lawyer. Yeah. You know, no, that's, no. that's not it, right. It takes weeks, months, but also, maybe longer. You, yeah. you know, uh, the other thing is too, when you, let's just say I called you a name, a bad name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was a really awful name. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and you were like, ow, that really hurt me. And I'll be like, what? It's just a name. Mm. That's, ext- you know, people do that. I'm like, no, just because the, that that word doesn't hurt you doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt other people. Yeah. And it's on you to have patience for that person where they want to engage with you again and when and how. And you have to take responsibility and go, yeah, you know what? I called you a mean thing. And you're right. You you, you have every right to be hurt. Yeah. And um, I'm going to leave impact. you alone. And, yeah. you tell, and you tell me when you're ready to re-engage or if you want to re-engage. I think what I really love about that example is that it's a small practice of accountability. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> small. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. I think, like, as communities, we can really just, we can practice that. We can practice conflict with our friends, which is often safer than having to suddenly do it with people who role are less play. friendly, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, oh like, role play, yeah, role, role play stuff, amazing. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they do a lot of, I think, I don't know, is that, like, kind of, like, exposure therapy when you work through something in a role-playing setting? Sounds like it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You, and you sort of, like, okay, let's reenact what happened mm-hmm. and let's change the narrative. So let's change some of your reaction and let's let's look at how we can, how we can explore and reform and change and grow mm-hmm. and heal together. Um, you know, I, I was... Yeah. I, I like to think that we're like that Japanese. Or is it Chinese pottery where the where the porcelain breaks and they glue it all back is that together with gold? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what the opportunity presents in pain and 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 hurt is that you feel a bit broken and you feel wounded, but yeah. you can actually rebuild and you can be stronger because mm. of it. And yeah. you can teach other people the lessons you learn on the way. Yeah, I mean that's such a lovely example. I think you know if you're like role playing with somebody, one of your good friends, I'm like as I actually think it would be best if you talk directly back to the person who's just shouted at you. But let's do some role play to, yeah. to get you ready. And you might notice like, oh, wow, like I'm feeling like if I do this, I'm going to get in trouble. Or I'm feeling if I do this, they're going to hate me now. I might be abandoned mm. or, you know, or I'm, I'm feeling my fight or flight come in and I just want to run away or, or punch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like just like noticing what's happening while while you're imagining it or role-playing it is is really great. It's really good um, material to work through and it can be very healing to work through all of that. Yeah, and you yeah. may even save friendships this yeah. way learn with these tools. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's actually a really cool resource that you had shared with me called the Creative Interventions Resources yeah, for Everyday Creative People. Interventions Toolkit. It's a lovely um, free resource. It's it's very extensive, actually. It's like a whole book that you can download. But, um, yeah, it's got lots and lots of strategies for, yeah, approaching this stuff on a community-based level, like on a grassroots level and within interpersonal relationships. And you also wrote something for 4 Z on that, hey? Yeah, so my uh, my social work placement was actually here and my task was to come up with a restorative organisational response to community problems. <laughs> which, um, I really love community problems. I, I think people think I'm crazy. <laughs> this is my special interest. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's my special interest. I love especially like weird community problems. Anyway. Um, 
things for me to chew on. Unanswerable community problems. I love unanswerable community <laughs> problems. This seems really impossible. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, my brain can analyze it forever. That's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I wrote a policy with, um, you know, in tandem with some board members and the, the director. And it's, yeah, it's a really good example of like a policy that you could have as a small volunteer run organization that you know, if, if it's happening on an organizational level and it doesn't it doesn't fall into those sort of corporate responses that you often see, which can be very procedural and very sterile and mm. they're not really made to actually repair what's happened. They're By normally humans. just made to avoid <laughs> yeah. legal liability. And those are two different goals. Um, <laughs> two I different care more about relationships. I care more about community. Yeah. Two different locations for you know, like, do I care about community or do I care about saving face? Yeah. You know, like, have, what's your intention? What's your, what are you aiming for there? Yeah, totally. Mm. So you can find that policy on the governance page of the 4ZZZ website if you're interested. It's quite detailed. And yeah, yeah it's available. If you're a community organizer who runs a small event or organization, it's, it'd be great for you. You can also Google uh, Creative Interventions Toolkit. Uh, it's uh, creative-interventions.org and they've got, yeah, it's completely free to download. It's also available in French, German and now Spanish, this toolkit. So there's a bunch of resources out there to help get better at, yeah, restoring and restoring conflict and healing together as a community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is a great episode. Totally. I would also just add that um, you can... You can reach out to people. I mean, you can reach out to Ez and get in touch with me if anything's happening. I, like, I'm happy to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trans radio to, with a Z. Finding, like, people who've who've got a really mature lens on, on conflict and harm and oppressive behaviours and people who've done this work before, it's invaluable. That's what I've always done, is reach out to other people. Even if, like, then I'm not reaching out to them to say, come in and fix my problem for me, but I'm just like, you know, can you give me some help with this? Like, what's your... What's your lens on this? Yeah, and definitely. It's, you should. Yeah. Mm. Get. It's nice to have voices from other people to feed to like give you potential options and ideas, and you can choose mm. to use them or not. Totally, That's really great. Totally. Well, it's come to the end of transmission for this week. Thank you so much, Marissa. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Woo! We'll do I'm another episode soon. Uh, we're, we're, we're always talking about interesting things and we'll be continuing to talk about interesting things on f- future episodes. If you'd like to listen back, you can head over to the 4ZZZ website, 4ZZZ.org.au. You can listen back to all Triple Z shows, including this On Demand. There's our digital as well. Gosh, it's, we've got so much. So check that all out. And also, don't forget to follow us on social media at Trans Radio with a Z. I put all, I'll put all the resi- resources that we talked about there today, as well as a podcast that goes up, which is also on the Community Radio Plus app. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, I'm out of here. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4ZZZ.